Hey everyone, welcome back to the Girl of Gen Z podcast. I'm your host, Clarissa, and today I have a guest by the name of Violet Diayella. Violet is founder of a women's networking organization called Fem City. Fem City is an online platform for women looking to launch and promote their business locally and globally. It provides resources such as online business classes, guest speakers, panel discussions, webinars, and more. Violet goes on to share how she grew the business, what the obstacles were like that she ran into along the way, and how she is working on creating a healthy balance with everything she is doing. Before we go ahead with the episode, if you could kindly take two minutes to rate this podcast five stars, preferably, and leave a review on the podcast app, that would be much appreciated. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you could give the video a thumbs up, subscribe, and hit the notification bell, I will forever be grateful. As always, the timestamps of the topics we cover in the episode will be listed in the episode show notes. Without further ado, let's get on into the episode. Hi, Violet. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Good. How- how are you? I'm so happy to be here. I'm good. I'm good. Where are you located right now? We are in Miami, Florida. Ooh, nice. Is it yeah. hot right now? I'm guessing it's, it's hot. It's like 350 degrees outside. It's pretty hot. So I'm sure your house is very well air conditioned right now then. <laughs> I actually, in order to do these, I have to turn off the air because it hums oh, so no. much. So I will eventually start, you'll start seeing, you know, beads of sweat on my face, but it's all good. Yeah. It's a, it's really hot. This is the the worst time to come to Miami as a tourist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, life as an entrepreneur filming from home or recording from home, you're, it's not built as a studio. So yeah, I totally get the AC thing. <laughs> so before we get into you um, and your company, I want to start a little bit about your upbringing, where you grew up, where you live now. Sure. So I am the first generation Cuban-American. My parents arrived from Cuba in 1961, so I was brought up really in Miami. I lived a little bit of time in Chicago, and my dad had been transferred up there, and then we moved back to Miami. I went really through the rest of elementary school, middle school, and high school here in Miami, and then college as well, and then I met my sweetheart, and we got married. We moved to North Carolina. We were there for about 12 years, had two of our three children there, and then we moved back, back to Miami in 2007. We were missing a lot of our family members. I was missing the Cuban culture as well. I felt like our kids were kind of growing up without that in their life. And that meant a lot to us. And so we moved back and now it's officially home. We've been here since 2007 as adults with children and it's been wonderful. Wow, that's amazing. Do you speak another language as well then? I do. I'm Well, Spanish was my first language. It's funny when we moved to North Carolina, uh, the thoughts and the conversations I had generally came to me in Spanish. I had a hard time kind of thinking of the words in English. And then we spent 12 years there and I only had one other friend who spoke Spanish. She was from Colombia and her husband was also American, but we only really saw each other, you know, briefly and throughout the year for holidays. And so I really lost Spanish. And so when we moved back to Miami, it takes me a long, a long time to kind of reconnect to those words. Even, you know, at the beginning, I started getting into a lot of TV news and segments and my Spanish just wasn't up to that level <laughs> to be you know, interviewed on Univision or Telemundo. So um, I completely understand it. I can have great conversations, but my son, as an example, speaks much better Spanish than I do. He lived in Argentina for about six months and um, yeah, he definitely has the most beautiful, perfect Spanish in comparison to mine. So did you, did the kids grow up speaking Spanish? Like, did you teach them? So my, our first, our youngest one, who's 14 now, when we first moved back from North Carolina to Miami, her whole world was surrounded by people that only spoke Spanish. So we had a live-in at the time. I was working full-time. My husband was working full-time. And with three different kids and three different schools, we definitely needed help. And she only spoke Spanish. 
And then we put her in a preschool where the teachers only spoke Spanish. And so really she only spoke Spanish for the first couple of years. And we didn't realize it until one day my husband was trying to talk to her about something. And she looked at him like it was not registering. And then I shared that same sentence in Spanish. And she was like, oh, just put it away. Why didn't you tell me? And so that's when we realized like she really didn't know any, 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 any English at all. And now, of course, um, she's only speaking English and really has forgotten Spanish. So we have a couple of the kids. Our son is uh, our son lives in Berlin. My husband went to high school in Frankfurt, Germany. So our son uh, speaks the German Spanish English. Wow. My husband's German English. I'm Spanish English. And then the kids are like a hodgepodge. We have one that's learning Italian. She's working on her Italian citizenship. And then we've got another one who's learning French. So it's just like, you know, it's incredible. Just, I just love like it all over the place. For sure. Um, does your husband also speak Spanish or just English and German? I would say he speaks, he can understand. I mean, my relatives, when they come over, they forget that he doesn't speak Spanish. So the jokes and the conversations. And so he can definitely hang. He is better at Spanish than I am at German, where I, okay. I need a couple of glasses of wine. I need the German to be like, you know, very slow with lots of hand gestures. And then I can kind of figure out what you're talking about. Right. His Spanish, he could definitely have more conversations. He, yeah, I would say he's like element, elementary level, like three or four. Like he's definitely, he could get by. If, you la if he landed in Cuba, he could totally get by. Okay. Well, that's good. That's yeah. good. As opposed to myself in Germany, you drop me and I would be like, I know 10 words. <laughs> I would be totally lost. I would not get too far. That's hilarious. So where did you attend school and what did you major in? Oh my gosh. So I attended school here in Miami. Being of Cuban parents, you're not really allowed to leave ever. So I, mean, like, I really like you were like leave to, to go to college. Yeah. You weren't, you were just mm. really supposed to live at home forever until you got married, which is what I did. So I went to college here in Miami. It's called Florida International University. I actually majored in pre-law. I was supposed to go to law school, applied to law school and did all that stuff. And, you know, I, I just, we had our first child and I didn't want our kids to be brought up. Like I was kind of like a latchkey kid and parents working around the clock and kind of just not really attended to. And that's when I started my first business. I was 22 years old. We had just had Kristoff. We had just moved to North Carolina. And I thought to myself, I don't really want to go through this route of, you know, working the 60 hour weeks and having him be in day daycare like I was. And so that's what really led me into being an entrepreneur was that, was that first initial thought of saying, you know what, I don't want to, I don't want to have my life replicate itself for my children, for our children. Right. And what did your parents think of that? at the time when you wanted to drop law and go and take your own route of the I, entrepreneurial route? You know what? I don't think it was even a conversation. I was already, yeah, I don't even think, I don't even recall it being a, a situation. I remember having the conversation of saying like, I don't know whether to go and work full time and put, you know, Christoph at daycare. I remember having those conversations with myself. We had just moved away. Of course, this is before email. It was before text. So it was really, you know, you didn't talk to your parents as often. And I just kind of made the shift and started my own company. But I think that being in Miami and being around a lot of Cubans um, that had, you know, really just migrated to this country, I felt like being an entrepreneur was a story that I heard over and over and over again, not so much in my family, but also in my circle of friends that just seemed to be the vibe that the culture that I grew up with. So it was a natural thought and a natural, even though I had no idea what I was doing, made every mistake in the book, you know, <laughs> just about did the most stupid things. That was really um, 
it was really my shift that I created so that I could actually have balance in my life and in the balance in, in our kids' lives too. Right. So how did you know you wanted to start a women's networking group? What was the aha moment or like the idea that came to you? So that's a, I love this story so much. I'm going to backtrack a little bit just to give you some more, I don't know, like behind the scenes of how it all happened. So when I was in North Carolina, I owned a Pilates studio and because um, I was in Raleigh, I belonged to this group called Chicks and Biz. And it was run by a friend of mine, Elizabeth Galecki, and she's just amazing. And we would meet once a month just for potluck. And I really, truly attribute the success that I had in that Pilates studio because of the circle of women that I was surrounding myself with. And then we fast forward. I ran that studio for about 10 years, loved every moment of it. Always sold out, made a ton of money, beautiful joy, passion. I mean, it was just like the perfect, perfect business for me. And we moved back to Miami and I worked at the Four Seasons doing their marketing and PR for their, for their club. And I was really missing that group. And so I would reach out to Elizabeth and say, hey, Elizabeth, I really miss you guys. Like, you know, can I launch something like this here? It'd be really great for all of us to connect. And she said to me, Violet, you know, we're not even there yet. We're just going to run this one chapter. And I said, okay, well, I'll touch back, you know, in a year and then see if I can take that and run it here. And a year goes by and I reached out to him like, oh my gosh, I really miss you girls. I really, really did do. And I had already jumped ship and gone on my own again. I had started my own PR and marketing agency. And she said, you know what, Violet, we're not there. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to start something on my own. And then eventually I can loop it into your group because in my mind, I envisioned her to be launching around the world. And so I would just kind of loop mine in to her brand. And that's how really it started. I asked a couple of friends over for lunch. We went to a, a restaurant just down the street that's owned by a woman, a one amazing chef. And I told them, listen, I'm just going to start this. You know, I want, I really want it to be connected to community. I want it to be authentic. I want it to be with women that really want to make a difference in the lives of other women. And it'll just be 20 women. It'll just be really, really small. We'll just meet once a month. And we'll just do lunch. And the first time we did it, I had no format, no speaker, no agenda. It was 20 women. And we just like all, all stared at each other. Like now what? And so the second time I did it, you know how like the story of the three gold, the three little bears, like too cold and too hot and then yeah. smack dab in the middle. It was very much like that. I over, I overshot. Like I did like two speakers and like, we're going to do all this stuff and I'm going to jam pack it. We had 60 women show up at that second Femme City event. Could not believe it. So I, we kept on running it. Uh, that was in 2009. So we ran it all the way until November, December. And one woman came up to me and said, Violet, I drive all the way from Fort Lauderdale every single month. These events sell out. I'm always in a panic that I'm not going to get a spot. And I think you're being selfish for not starting this in Fort Lauderdale. And what was so funny is at the time I sat on six boards, I was raising a ton of money on the side. I was running my own PR marketing agency. I was starting Femme City just for fun for myself. And when she told me that, it was like, that is so, I can't believe you just said that to me. I can't believe you just called me like straight up selfish. But the truth is that other women had seen pictures on Facebook. We had no business plan, no website, no membership fee, nothing. And I was already starting to make revenue just from the lunches, right? So I was marking them up a little bit and I was taking that money to invest into creating our first website and like, you know, filing our, our trademark and all that stuff. And really it was because so many women kept asking, they saw pictures of us together that I started thinking, I think there's something more to what I'm doing. People are seeing something that I am not seeing myself. I need to look a little deeper because it was almost like the universe was smacking me over the head saying, you really need to 
you really need to move forward in this direction, not knowing what it was even, just move forward and figure out what this means that everyone wants it in their life. Right, right. So did you always know that you want to be in the entrepreneurial world? Like when you were growing up, did you feel that little like fire inside you? Because some people say they're just born with it. They knew they were destined for this kind of work. But other people are like, no, I was very like set to the nine to five. Um, when I was younger, I wanted to be on Broadway. Completely opposite, <laughs> right? I was obsessed with Liza Minnelli. Um, okay. I wanted, if it wasn't that, I wanted to be an architect and designer. So my Barbies and all the playtime I had was really creating the creative spaces of where my Barbies would actually live and gotcha. utilizing like branches from outside and making like little house plants. So I never really thought of going and being an entrepreneur until really I got into high school and college where I started, I had friends that were starting to do that. They were okay. starting to open up clubs or they were starting to open up you know, small businesses. And then also hearing the stories of my great grandfather in Cuba and how he had worked, you know, in a railroad. And then he worked his way up and eventually ended up owning the railroads of Cuba. And so hearing those stories inspired me to always have it in the back of my mind as an option that I could actually excel in because all these other people were excelling at it. So it was almost like I didn't have the fear as many people naturally do because I had it so much around me in the stories that I was hearing every day. Right. Okay. So how long have you been running Fem City for then? It's, uh, well, ten, 11 years. Wow. Okay. 11 so what years. Has, what are some of the differences from when you first started till now? Like how have you grown as a company? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> so when we first started, I really envisioned it. First of all, I envisioned it as only just Miami, right? So okay. just 20 women. So the second then evolution is expanding into other markets. And that had its own, when you talk about scaling into other markets, it's really a different mindset completely. And I had never done that before. So I had a Pilates studio and we had satellite locations and I had people that worked for the studio, but I never launched in other cities and other demographics and other locations, culturally speaking as well. So that was its own entire kind of ball game and learning how to do that on my own. I mean, we're talking 11 years ago. So, you know, you could research things, but really no one had ever down that unless it was a franchise model, which I looked at as well. And then it was, okay, we had a couple of locations. I think we had about 10 locations. And then Google reached out to us and said, um, pretty much like, hey, Violet, we'd love to teach Google classes because Google Hangout was new, Google Circles, and also the ability to list your business as a, a Google business page, right? So all that was new. And so they started teaching classes for our members. And then they loved that. And then Yelp, we had a contact with Yelp and Yelp started doing classes for our members as well. Like, how do you register your business on Yelp? What do you do with negative reviews? How do you get people to give you reviews? And so because of that, we pivoted it into more of an educational organization. So it became really not only a networking group, but also a place where we have these classes that are going on to give our members the latest trends, the business classes that you wouldn't really find. This is prior to YouTube being what it is now before all of that. So that really was another shift that we had. And then of course, launching into Canada, that was another huge shift. Now we have about 20, 30 locations in Canada. And then that was its own. So really the, the evolution of any business is that you envisioned it at the beginning to be a certain way and design. And then you just mold yourself and you edit and you tweak to fit what people are saying. Like, I really loved that class. I want more of that as an example. I really love Fem City. I want it in Dallas. I want it in Chicago, I want it in Philadelphia. So um, 
it's, it's always been about listening. I am not brilliant. I don't have like, you know, I didn't go to like Wharton business school. The good thing that is I was always able to listen and then implement. And that's really, I think the talent that I bring is to, you know, it's not really just brilliance. It's just listening and saying, okay, I've heard that a lot. Let's go ahead and move forward and create that for them. Right. That's incredible that you had those big, big names that you're working with Yelp and Google. Like that's crazy to think crazy. 10 years ago. Um, what do you mean by locations? If you have locations in Canada, are those physical spaces? Are they virtual setups? Like what? Speak a little bit more about that. Sure. So we have locations. We have about 120. And really what we say communities is that they're meeting in coffee shops. They're meeting in boardrooms, yoga studios, art galleries. So really our team creates a community there, about 25 women. But we have also larger locations like Philadelphia that has a couple thousand or Toronto wow. or South, South Texas, Rio Grande Valley and Des Moines. Those are really large chapters, uh, Roanoke, Virginia as well. So those have thousands and those do generally more conferences. Des Moines has a really cool campaign where they actually do um, crowdfunding and they select local businesses to go ahead and uh, win prizes. So all of those big flagships really do big productions. And then we have these smaller ones. We really want to be in those backyards for women to have access to the support system that they need when they're launching, growing a business. And it's not just for business owners. It can be someone who works for a bank, who's a wealth management. It could be someone who's a teacher who's looking at creating a side hustle. So really our programming and our communities are created and geared towards having that support system in place, that positivity and that educational component to help women to create the business or the life that they envision for themselves. Gotcha. And who do you have run these types of events or meetups at coffee shops? Do you have like a person in each city? Do you give like a layout of what has to be covered? How does that go? Yeah. So each one is run by a leader. Those are our smaller chapters. And then we have presidents that are running the bigger ones. Those are the more, those have been around for like 10 years. Those are the ones that have thousands and thousands of members. And yeah, there's a face, there's a human behind every single community. And they're all women that are incredibly passionate about helping other women. They're passionate about helping women develop their own wealth and their own support system as well within that community. And, um, yeah, there, there are women that at first, when we first started launching Femme City, there were women that were in PR and marketing, but now we're seeing a lot of women applying for the role that are coaches, they're writers, they are marketing consultants, they're women that themselves either have their own business or are creating some sort of side hustle. And they understand that together we can do so much more by the support, by the referral system and by educating each other, right? Like, oh my gosh, I just got on Pinterest as an example. What do I do now? And then another member can say, you know what? I did the same thing. Let me teach you. Let me help you. So we're seeing a lot of that in the local market. And then of course they all connect globally as well, which is really beautiful too. Gotcha. Okay. So what um, are the members you see most, do you think within Fem City? Is it the women who are starting a business, the ones leveling up their business or starting a second business? So funny you asked this question because when we first started, and I'm sharing this in case someone's listening and they're thinking their business will only be this demographic. So when we first started Femme City, it was only women that were super already in their careers, right? They were attorneys, physicians, they were already in it and they were leveraging the platform to network, to brand themselves in other circles. Then with that Google and that Yelp, we started seeing a trend of women coming to us in their early 20s because they were like, I just graduated. I don't want to work for somebody else. I want to go right. and create my own. We saw also another growing group in their mid 40s. So women that had been doing a certain career or maybe not, maybe they were at home with their kids and that was their role. And they 
I said, you know what, I'm in my mid forties. I'm done doing that. I want to do something different. And then we started seeing another growing trend in the early sixties bracket. Then we started figuring out we need to have more content, meaning the classes that we were teaching for those women that are like, I'm coming to you because I don't know what to do. I don't know how to start a business. And so we created like a 20 module, how to start a business from the beginning to the end, you know, like 20 steps all the way. Then we started doing like more classes on Thursday. So really it started one way and now we're seeing that. So I would say right now it's probably half and half, especially now with what we're going through. I see a lot of women that are like, okay, well, I've been wanting to start that side hustle for the longest time. And now that I'm furloughed, right. Now that I don't have, now that my job's been let go or, you know, like now's the time I'm going to put everything into this. So we're seeing a lot of that trend right now, which we're happy. You know, we just want women to create and design the life that they want. We want to give them everything we have. So our doors are always open for women that are regardless of which situation scenario. I feel like your company right now is thriving on this pandemic in the sense that more people are starting businesses as opposed to other ones letting go of their employees, et cetera. So that's good for you. <laughs> well, it's been, I mean, it's been a definite pivot. I mean, the first, the first uh, middle of March, we saw a lot of, because also it's, you know, it's, it's only $10, $15 a month. That's a lot of money for a lot of people. So we definitely did see a drop, but what we started is a scholarship fund. And okay. so for those members that were with us, we said, you know what, we want to be here for you. Go ahead. We'll give you a scholarship to help you write out this time. We want to make sure that we, we are there for you during this time, not like, okay, you can't afford the $10 off you go. So we've been offering that scholarship program. And then of course the other membership fees sustain that, right? We're sustained by our membership uh, fees and dues. So it's, it's been working out quite well. I don't think we've been like growing tremendously, but we've definitely, we're there for women and things have been steady for us. Um, and that's been wonderful too, that we, we don't have that stress of like, oh my gosh, will we be here tomorrow? We have really a great organization with all these amazing women that, that also sponsor other members too. They say, you know what? I want to be a part. I want to sponsor a member. Here's 10 bucks. You know, I'll go ahead and pay for someone for the first couple of months or whatever. So it's, it's definitely, it's been stressful, but, but yeah, I, it's been a wonderful time to be here for others. That's great. So what do you think are some of the advantages of being a part of Fem City versus not? Why would someone come in and sign up for this group versus getting started on a business all on their own? Well, I know what it's like. I mean, I started my first company when I was 22. That was a personal training company. Oh my gosh. I looked for mentors. I looked for someone to tell me what my logo should look like, what the slogan should look like. Do I file for a trip? I mean, I made every single mistake. And I always thought to myself, when I can be of service to others and help them, I will do that. And so really my intention is to make sure that others make less mistakes. They are able to go on their journey a little bit more smooth than I did. And that's where I feel it's important. Now it's not for everyone. We are a little bit, we start every meeting with a mantra. We talk about gratitude. We talk about the universe, the energy, the vibe. So it's not that it's for every single woman out there, but it's definitely for women that are looking for a sisterhood of business where it's, it's about positivity. It's, we do a lot of gratitude shout outs. We honor other women. It's part of the practice that we do. So it's definitely different than anything else out there, but if it's for you, it's totally for you and it becomes a family. Gotcha. So what kinds of resources or range of resources does Fem City offer? Yeah. So I think my favorite ones, um, we started at every Thursday, we teach two classes and they're taught live with our experts. And 
so our members have the ability to ask questions. So as an example, we taught when this started happening, when this pandemic started happening, we had a lot of women that were like, I need to start selling on Etsy. I need to get a store on Shopify. I need to go ahead and learn how to do click funnels. And so we were able to offer those classes for our members and they have the ability to ask the experts questions. Hey, can you review that really quick? Can you go through that again? We did a class a couple weeks ago, Giselle, one of our global members and our president in South uh, Texas, she taught a class on how to get on TikTok and how it can help your brand to grow and, and the things that we should be doing content-wise on TikTok. So I think it's a combination of not only do you have the, the support system that you need of people cheering you on, helping you out, offering support and advice and the live classes, but really just that the energy all around you. I mean, it's hard to start your own business. It's really hard and it takes grit. And it's not for, it's not easy. And sometimes we don't have support systems within our family or our partners. And so you need someone to say, I believe in you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to be there for you. So that's what I think the value of what Femme City brings to the world for women that are, that are looking at whether starting a business or just up-leveling their current career status. It's there for them. Awesome. So how much is it, I know you already kind of touched on it, but how much is it to become a member for a month or a month to month basis? And then what can you expect when signing up? Are there different tiers? Is there a discount if you sign up for a year straight? Yeah. So it's $15 and 99 cents a month. We do a first 30, 30 days are free. So you can kind of try it out and see it's not for everyone. So I want to make sure that you are okay with us talking about universe That's great and energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want anyone to be like, oh my gosh, I didn't know what I was getting into. I want them to Sign up and take advantage of all the offerings that we have. Uh, if you do a year, obviously it saves you money. It's 150 unless you use an affiliate link. So if you use an affiliate link from any of our ambassadors, then it's $10 and only $100 oh, wow. for the year. And we priced it like that on purpose. So when we first started doing the pricing, a lot of people thought we were crazy. You should be charging hundreds of dollars. You should be, you know, and yes, okay, we probably would have made more money, but would we be there for someone in the middle of Wisconsin? Would we be there for someone who's in the middle of, you know, Illinois, who doesn't yeah. have any kind of resources? So we really want to be there for all women. We figure 10 to $15 is a really affordable rate. And, um, and again, it's, it's a matter of just being there for everyone. And the tiers, you, you asked about the tiers. We really just have two. You can be a local member and then we have a global membership. And the global membership are for women that are growing brands around the world. So those are generally published authors speakers, coaches, uh, people that are looking to brand themselves in all of our markets. And I, I work closely with them when we have opportunities that come up. For instance, Good Morning America was looking a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Good Morning America is a local show here in the United States. And they were looking for very innovative pictures of women working from home. Well, I posted that in the global member page. Someone submitted it and she got in. So That's she awesome. Like, yeah, it was so much fun. So um, I work definitely more closely with them. Uh, I could work closely with all of them, but the global membership, you know, it's just, it's a couple hundred, it's like 120 women, 130 women in that program. So um, it's easier for me to, to work with them. I think that's an excellent price point. It's affordable. It's less than a gym membership and you're getting, yeah. you know, access to all of these resources and people to talk to. Um, what's something that you've seen women take really well to like, is there a certain speaker that you've had or an author that's given really good advice, like bring her back, et cetera. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we have, I mean, I'm going to talk about Giselle because Giselle taught that class on how to get on TikTok and all of us, we all pretty much have children that are on TikTok all the time. And so we never viewed it as a place to be for business, but yeah. the way she broke it down and the way she went ahead and shared that 
that was definitely, she is someone who's requested over and over again. So she's teaching a class next Thursday on how to create long content for blogs. Another one I would say is um, Susan Rose, another one of our members. She taught a class on how to create really great copy, like email marketing copy that sells. Oh my gosh, it was such a great class. You know, because everyone wants to write really good copy, right? Absolutely. And they, you might not be able to afford to get, a, you know, I have a copywriter. Not everybody has the luxury of being able to afford that if you're starting out. So how do you write your own until you can afford to get someone to do it for you? And, um, and that was, you know, all of the classes honestly are requested by our members. I hear a request, we put it down, we find a teacher and we have it taught. So it's really, it, the, the classes we offer are fabulous because they request it. Not because I, I think, oh my gosh, it's gonna be great. It's really because they're like, hey, I want to learn about TikTok. Can you get a teacher? I'm like, okay, let's find a teacher for that. That's great that you're very communicative, communicative, communicative <laughs> with <laughs> the women. So they, uh, they kind of get a say in what you're bringing in and they're paying for. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Well, they're, they are my boss, right? If you look at sense. it, like they're, yeah, they're paying for the organization and the organization pays me to run it. So if they're requesting something now, sometimes the classes are like one time we had someone who requested a scuba diving excursion, you know, in Fiji. I mean, that's, I would love to do that, but that doesn't, that doesn't financially fit. Right. <laughs> so sometimes we get requests like that and I'm like, oh, I love that, but we can't, we, we're not set up for that. And if it's requested a lot, then I'll try to find someone who does offer that. But um, we try to do it within the powers that we have, you know. That makes complete sense for sure. Are there requirements of um, someone signing up for this program? Is there stuff laid out that they need to have approved or anything before they sign up? The global program or just the regular? Either. Thing? annual membership local uh, for the local one no i mean i would just say we generally get women that are happy positive that want that in their life uh, we know that there are some bad moments in life and there are some definitely roller coasters so like you have to be happy all the time but we generally i think our members are generally women that understand that we're all connected energetically and that it's important for us to be give paying it forward and helping others out there's definitely a level of service that they all offer i mean i can see it on the facebook group where someone will post a question and then we have like 30 members that are trying to help you know hey i've got this contact or i have this lead so i think that that's the energy that it brings to to the organization and it kind of just then attracts the same kind of women for the global membership generally women that apply for that program are women that are already like they've seen our teachers they want to be a FM city teacher. They want to work more closely with me. So, you know, pretty much there's no like approval process. It just happens to work out lovely. Just captures the, the perfect fit for the perfect, you know, for the perfect time. Right. And you mentioned the Facebook page. So do you have one like overseeing one for FEM city? And then do you have them based on like city and then the groups, like do you group them that way? And how can the women communicate with one another? So the Facebook is a little bit of a, <laughs> we have so many locations. So what we are trying to do is we have every single city has their own local Femme City Facebook group. And then we have the Big Mama fan page that has like 25,000-ish on there. And then what we're trying to do is we're trying to have a members only global one. And so okay. that has very little on there because most of our women are already in the local chapter. So they're like, I, I really like this local chapter. I don't want to be in another in the, group. So we're kind of trying to, right, exactly. So um, we had them all looped together on the fan page. We've linked them all. We still have a lot of linking others to do. I just started kind of linking them the other day. Um, but that's been, that's been tricky. So if you look at our members group, it's very little but because they're all in all of the individual ones. And some have like 2000, like Rio Grande Valley, 
you know, has like 2000 members. Uh, Des Moines also has a lot. So it's, it's hard to, and they're all happy in their own place. And I love that. But if they get into the big one, then I get to see them more. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so pivoting a little bit, what was it like being featured in such big magazines? Like I noticed on the website, it was in Forbes, Business Insider, Mary Claire. Did any of these articles lead to significant spikes within your business? Did you just get more ladies signing up? What was that like? Uh, all of those led to more spikes. Absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely. Amazing. So anytime, I mean, that's why billion dollar companies spend a tremendous amount of money on PR, marketing, advertisement. I mean, absolutely. Um, what it was like, I'll tell you a funny story. So the CNBC, a couple of years ago, it was like two years ago, it was making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Very fancy, right? <laughs> I was making like <laughs> peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And I got a Google alert and it showed up and it was like, top billionaire founders share their tips or their secrets or something like that. And I remember working with the journalist and I remembered working on the piece, but I didn't remember the title. And as I'm sitting there reading about myself in CNBC with that title, it was surreal. It was really surreal. And sometimes I don't, sometimes I, unless someone says something like how you just did, it doesn't really, I have to go back and go, wow, that was a really amazing feeling. That was really like, I couldn't believe it. it like sometimes it's shocking. Success Magazine did a whole thing on like, what do you, the title was something like, how, how do you deal with hate email? Okay. And yeah, she loved my response. And so she used it. And then, you know, buying that magazine when I was in New Jersey for work, right? Like I'm walking by the newsstand and I see it and I pick it up and it's got all these iconic entrepreneurs in it. And I'm flipping it. It's got like my picture in it. I mean, it's just the most surreal moment. And like just showing it to anyone who's around. <laughs> like, oh my God, you know, like what do they care? But you know, you just like, oh my gosh, this is just so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's just an honor and a gift. And it's just a, a confirmation that I'm doing the work that I was supposed to be doing on earth. Right. So did you reach out to any of these magazines or did they reach out to you? Or did, was there a little bit of both? Yeah, sometimes it's me reaching out. I always recommend when you start reaching out to become friends with the person that you're working with and to help them. And I think the reason why I've done so well is because when I get into those pieces, I share it, I tag them, I, I share it all over the place because that's a business too. They're freelance writers and journalists that work for these brands. And the more that I can promote them and feature them, the more they're successful in writing that piece. And so sometimes now it's gotten to a point where I have journalists that write, reach out to me and say, Hey, Violet, I have a really quick turnaround. Can you just send me a quote or a tip on this topic? So that happened to me twice last week. That's and awesome. because I respond fast, I honor their work. I share it. I'm respectful. I, I commit to that deadline. Like when do you need it by? Oh, Friday by five, you'll have it by Thursday by. So I always tell our members when you're pitching, whether it's a podcast that you're on or someone just did a blurb, like honor that person by sharing their work, because that's the greatest compliment we can give to others is by sharing their work that they're doing. And then of course it makes that person really happy. It makes them feel rewarded for their work that they've done. And then others will also see that and go, wow, she really like shares that all over the place. I want to be shared too. I want to have her on my speaking panel, my summit, my podcast, my article, my, you know, whatever they're working on. So that is, I, I just lectured members last week about that. <laughs> it's like when you get in, 
share it, share it, share it, and then share it more because um, it just gives love to that person. And we all need that in our lives now more than ever, I think. So it's important to, to honor them. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like, I think I had a guest recently had that had mentioned this, that you don't, what do you lose when you share a post of something that you're helping someone else with? Nothing, right? Like as long as they're a good person, you respect what they're doing and you're on the same kind of page, you know, a share is so helpful. And then you're crossing platforms and audiences and that's even more beneficial and better for the both of you. Right. So I do, I think that's really important and awesome that you do do that and you tell your members that, et cetera. Yeah. And our slogan is business for your soul. And that's a lot of, it comes down to the karmic practice in business. So even if I, let's say for instance, I know some people say, well, I, I went ahead and I honored Clarissa and I posted her all over the place and I shared it and she didn't do any, I'm, not, I'm just using you as an example. I yeah. know you wouldn't do this, but the reality is that generally that an opportunity will come around usually through another avenue, right? Yes. So even if you're sharing love and gratitude to somebody else and they may not even notice it, they may be so busy, you know, it will come back to you somehow. And it generally, it works like that. I mean, it's just that you're putting out the energy of helping somebody else. And I truly believe that it comes back as reciprocal. And so a lot of times we see, you know, we hear those stories of people that go, I went to that networking event and I didn't get anything out of it. You know, well, did you offer, did you offer any guidance or did you, were you of service to somebody else? No. You know, they're the ones that go in there like, I'm so great. You should hire me. <laughs> I'm so great. You should hire me. Ew. Right. But instead of going, Hey, I'd love to get to know you more. Maybe I can help you. You mentioned, you know, you mentioned this story that you're working on, or you mentioned the summit. I have some great friends that would be great fits. Does that help you? So when we come across in life of service to help others, that energy comes back to us again. Sometimes it may not be that person right there at that moment. Maybe you should all do it a couple of days later, but it always comes back. I'm a true believer of that. And that's, that's really what we practice. Even with everything we do with some city, I know it always comes back. So do you believe in karma then? Absolutely. You sound like yeah. you. I believe in it too, strongly. <laughs> yeah. And I believe like someone's like, this person, whatever. I'm like, it will all, like, don't worry about that person. It will if circle someone, back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If someone scammed you or someone like tricked you or they hustled you or something happened, like just, you know, send love and light, you know, release it from yourself and don't let that energy impact you. And it always, it always works out. You just have to stay focused on does this come from love, my feeling, my thoughts, my words, does it help others? If you're in that spectrum, then it will come back to you, but you have to, you have to give without expecting in return instead of like, I gave her, you know, I bought her coffee for $2 and she didn't, you know, like you just, it will come back. And sometimes if their people are like not supposed to be in your life then you can release them, you don't have to have everyone in your life all the time, you know? Right. Right. Um, so your website, I want to talk about that a little bit. I think it's so beautifully done. The aesthetic is gorgeous and it's, it's easy to navigate. It's pleasing to look at or the spacing, the fonts. How did you go by like, about finding a, a designer to put that all together? And did you work closely with the person to do so? Yeah. So it's one of my best friends, uh, okay. Catalina. Yeah. Catalina Perez. She runs an agency down here in Miami called Inkberries. Her designs are amazing and she designs for big, uh, big companies like the train station here in Miami. She designs, I mean, for storefronts, she's just everything. And she's got a beautiful Pinterest account also, like everything on her Pinterest. If I'm like bored and I need like some sort of beauty in my life, I'll look <laughs> through it. She's just amazing. 
amazing. But so I, I cannot take credit for that. Everything she creates is actually gorgeous. So does she do anything? Has she done any other kind of design for you or just specifically your website? Um, she does all of our monthly marketing images. She does um, a lot of our advertisement campaigns, which we haven't run any in a while, but she has done some of that design. She does the, I mean, every, she's just amazing. Yeah. Any, <laughs> anything you see of Femme City that you're like, oh my God, I love it. It's because of her and she's been gotcha. doing our branding for 10 plus years. Yeah. Wow. And her house is gorgeous. The way she dresses is gorgeous. Her office and studio <laughs> she's is gorgeous. gorgeous. Everything, she's she just like, gorgeous. <laughs> everything she does, everything she does, she and her husband are two of our closest friends. So we hang out together a lot and they're just amazing. But it's just, she, you know, she captures a strength and femininity that I really love. It comes together so nicely. So yeah. So did you, did you tell her the kind of look you were going for? And then she completely took it up from there or did she just take over completely? Like you told her the idea just, of what it's about. Yeah. So I, I will even mention, so the cover of my book, I knew what I wanted in my mind. She asked me like a couple of questions and then she released it. And it was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I wanted. So she's someone who she'll ask just a couple of questions and then she'll just kind of like uh, shoot it out. And the reason why I mentioned that is because our website's been for so long, but just recently, like she did that cover and it's just gorgeous. Like she nailed it. I wanted it to have like this French vintage font. I wanted it to have like a messy, like human on the cover. So it doesn't show like, cause we're all imperfect. We're all a little messy. Like every little detail she is just, she's really great at book cover designs. All She's great at everything. She's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So you just mentioned you wrote a book. I wrote a book last year. It's a spiritual self-help. It's called, um, the self-guided guru life lessons for everyday humans. And it's just 10 lessons of my life. So many people were like, you need to write a book. You need to write a book. I wrote the first book. It was boring. I didn't even let anyone read it. The second one I read, I was like, oh, it's a business. Everyone's like, you have to write a business book. Oh my gosh. I was like, I don't feel it. I'm not feeling it. I wrote it. It was horrible also. And then I was like, I'm just going to write a book. I talk spiritual all the time. I love, you know, sharing my 10 most pivoting life stories. And so um, yeah, I wrote that last year and that was a really scary process. <laughs> Highly recommend it to everyone. Not what to, was the not feedback? To, not to read book? it, but to write your own. Um, the feedback I've gotten all five stars. I got one, one star because she bought the wrong format. So <laughs> you know, it's kind of hard to rate it on then. I know. Just the I, wrong know. Format. I know, but and again, it's not for everyone, but it's a self-help spiritual book and it's very easy. I made it small. I don't have it in front of me, but it's small and you can put it in your purse and it's got worksheets and it's really, I truly believe that we shouldn't follow just one person when it comes to a spiritual awakening, that we should read and take the pieces of what really resonates with us and that really our internal guide is what we should be using. And that's what the book is all about is just finding your own answers within yourself. I'm just helping you to ask the right questions to gear you towards healing, moving forward, and then finding that direction that comes from a spiritual place that's already connected to the divine. So that's, that's the basis of the book. How much is the book? Um, it's $8, $8 for the Kindle and $12 for the print. It's really, oh, I wish I had it in front book. of me. It's so beautiful, but I don't have it. But I'll anyway. definitely link it in the podcast oh, notes thank so you. people can go yeah. check it out. Is it sold on Amazon? And It's on Amazon and yeah, it's sold out and you can find it on our website also. If you can't remember, we have it on our website, but it's, um, it was, thank God it was well-received because I, I wrote it and I was like, I'm just going to shoot whatever. If one person buys it, <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to throw it out, but it made, 
uh, bestseller list uh, in both in the United States and Canada. And I was really grateful that more than one person bought it and found value in it. Right. That's you want to write, you want to write and share where it, you know, not just to make it on the top bestseller, but you want it to impact others in a great way. So that was the, those reviews were just amazing to read. Just, yeah. I bet. Did you, so you didn't publish your first two books that you had written? No. no? I scratched them. <laughs> you should write the business I one. I think, Even the- I'd be really interested to read the, if you wrote a business one. I think that one would be really well received as well. Yeah, I thought about it and I thought about it I've, and it was it probably I can go back and just tweak it but it was like a I wanted to create a book that actually walks you from the beginning to the end and I find that the really the hardest obstacle that women and I say women because that's all that I work with is that there's a mindset there's something there that's holding them back in a um in an emotional stand. And so I think the book would have to have a lot more of that versus just the business know-how, like how to write it, you know, how to do a PL report, how to make hot, good hires, how to do all that stuff. But I really think that at the end of the day, often, you know, women at the end will say, but you know what? I don't believe I, I deserved a success. I don't believe I, I deserve to be wealthy. You know, I don't believe that. So there's a lot of, a lot of work to do on that level. Well, there's no rush. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in one of your bios, I read online, you mentioned there is a period, um, in your life where you were lived on welfare. So what was that like? And where you start, I guess, I don't know if you were starting the company at the time. Did you have your family yet? What were the struggles and obstacles you were going through then? Yeah, that was, um, so we've had a couple of rough points. The first time was when we first got married. That was rough, right? We were two young kids, not knowing anything of the world, making all sorts of mistakes, you know, um, and that's a really, that, that's a, the low point of a life. And so I use that a lot. And when I'm speaking or when I'm coaching, I use that example a lot because I think sometimes people see me and they're like, well, she's always been successful, right? She's always been like that. And, and the truth is that, no, we've hit rock bottom, not just that one time, but we hit rock bottom after nine 11, we had some properties in, in Raleigh, North Carolina. We also hit rock bottom, uh, 2009 was a really rough year for us when I started Film City. Actually, I started Film City during that rough time. And, you know, that those are really hard moments where you're kind of like, I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. I don't know how I'm going to get through. And I think the hardest part of that is the mindset, because I can talk a lot now about how to get yourself from a poverty mindset into wealth mindset. But really, sometimes what happens is that we are able to do that. We find success. We're very wealthy. And then we lose it again. And then it's like how you pull yourself up because then you're, you're repeating that pattern and you're like, oh my God, I'm here again. Well, I'm just going to stay here now, you know? So there's a lot of that mindset work that has to take place where you can pull yourself out. And I think that every single time that I've been able to pull myself out, knock on wood, any wood around that I haven't had to do that since 2009, it is, it's all part of my journey that I now share with others. Like how do you, how do you change the conversation in your mind so that you don't feel like it's a pattern that you're destined to live in? Like I'm destined to be poor. I'm destined to never make ends meet. That's not true. And so um, I'm very grateful for that time of hitting rock bottom a couple of times because it allows me to really connect with others that perhaps are going through rough times as well. Right. I feel like it really puts it in perspective of, of the positives and what you are grateful for. And you do have you know, luxury of still having and family, et cetera, and a lot of learning lessons and, you know, how to work going forwards and pivot. <laughs> yeah. So you uh, mentioned owning property. Is that something you do on the side? 
Like it's well, we used to. So my husband and I used to own a design and build company. So we'd oh, renovate nice. old houses. And we're renovating an old house now, the one that we're in, but we're actually going to keep it. We're not selling it. It's not an investment, but we love doing that. I would love to do it again in the future. Yeah. I love, love, love doing that. Just rebirthing a house, you know, just brushing it up and making it look pretty again. Yeah, for sure. What does your husband do? He was a general contractor and now he went on his own. He's a partner in a firm and they do proprietary IT development. Okay. They have, they have, they work with government contracts and bigger institutions. So he's, yeah. Yesterday he walked in while I was doing a podcast. So I lectured them today. I was like, don't walk in. Isn't that the worst when like, <laughs> I have to like turn off the doorbell, take the phone off the hook, put a sign on the door as if it's an office and <laughs> can't be disturbed. What is an office? I know. I know. Exactly. I mean, you're working. You just have to put it all over the place. I mean, luckily I'm tucked away. But um, I lectured everyone, I'm like, don't come in, just don't. <laughs> when the doors open, you'll know. Or when I turn exactly. the AC back on, you'll know. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. That's the sign, that's the sign. Yeah, exactly. So how did you find the balance to start uh, your company and then you know, raising your kids and balancing everything in life? Sure, so I, it's not that I was born, I don't think any of us are born like being completely balanced, like, oh, I know how to do this. For me, it, a lot of health issues that I was having. So I went to the doctor a couple of years ago after 2009, that crash that happened around that time. I had high blood pressure. My, I wasn't feeling well. I had a lot of anxiety, a lot of chest pains. And um, he really just, he took my phone away. He left me in the room by myself. I was like, he has lost his mind. My doctor has lost his mind. And he came back, checked my blood pressure. And he's like, I went down. You're just doing too much. You need to start saying no. And I, I really spent time evaluating my life and saying, what do I need to release? Because I can't do everything. Honestly, I can't, I mean, I could do everything, which is what I was doing, but I was also dying a little bit. I started saying no to some boards positions that I had. So I started that. And then I started to really align myself and saying, you know what, I just need to say no to things that don't align, even though I don't want to hurt their feelings, or I know it's a great opportunity. And incorporating then with that time, the self-love and the self-care. So going to the gym, I do Pilates every morning. I practice my meditation. I eat all my little vegetables. I make sure that I walk around. I, it was, it's definitely been a journey for me in figuring out how to be balanced so that I wasn't living like that anymore because it was, I mean, my health issues, I looked really sick also, really, really sick. So that's how I do it now is I, I just, I recommend saying no to a lot of things staying just short and, and, and not committed to over, don't, don't ever commit. Right. So did you come to this realization or did your husband be like, you know, you are constantly run down, like you need to go no, get looked it was, at? Yeah, no, it was me. I was just, I was sick all the time. And I was, um, I created this like really cool model because I couldn't figure out how to be balanced. I would re I'd read these books and I was like, I can't figure it out. So really what I, what I determined and I write about often is like there are three buttons in our life. You've got the wellness and you've got the health and you've got the happiness and everything we do falls within those three bubbles. And you know, you're out of balance if one of those is out of whack. So for instance, at that time, my um, health bubble was not intact at all, right? I had high blood pressure. I was pre-diabetic as well. And my wealth one wasn't because it was just the crash had just happened. And then my happiness, because I was like completely stressed out. So 
if you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed or you're feeling anxiety, look at your bubbles to see because they should all overlap. So it should be like the three circles should have a core in the middle and that's where you perfect the balance. And so it could be that you're working around the clock and you have a lot of money, but you haven't seen your friends or you haven't done something that brings you joy. Or it could be that you're partying all the time and you're super happy and your health because you're in the gym all the time, but then you're also like in debt and avoiding your bills and not knowing how you're going to pay for things. So those three bubbles will generally help you to gear towards a more balanced life. And you can kind of see like what needs to be attended to. They should all be, I mean, they shouldn't be like all superstars at the same time, but they should all hover around that core of being balanced. That's good advice. That's good. The bubble thing it took for sure. Years, years to come up with that. <laughs> no, it's good. I, I hope you've shared it with all your members and like yeah. preach it. Cause yeah, yeah. I totally get that. Especially for entrepreneurs. I feel they're, often running themselves dry and saying yes to every opportunity because that's just how it is. But yeah. again, you have to at the end of the day, take care of yourself and not say yes to everything. <laughs> and I think also, you know, entrepreneurs, specifically women, because I work with them, I think that what happens is that we feel like if we don't work 14 hours a day, then we're not serious about our business, that we have to work ourselves to the ground. Yeah. And I think that that is really wrong. And I don't know where that came from, where we felt like that, like, oh, people won't take me serious or it means I'm not serious. So I take a break or if I take a Friday off. And now I don't work on Fridays. Like now I'm just, I don't work on Fridays, Thursday you. afternoon. I check out already. I'm not worth anything on Fridays at all. Like you tell me something and I forget it. So it didn't, <laughs> didn't help the world at all. But that's the true form of entrepreneurialism is like having the ability to create and design your life. So it has balance. And for some reason we've along the way, we feel like we just have to work until we're exhausted. And that's not, that's not true. That's a fallacy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, I don't know who another influencer I feel like I follow is like, why is it that I feel like I always have to be doing something like when I'm logged off, I still should be thinking of my next Instagram post I'm posting or the next guest I should be having on. I mean, there's a difference between being proactive and, you know, maybe you're going to go on vacation in a couple of weeks. So you got to shift and get, you know, work a little bit harder and get some stuff done. But to, like you said, having those long 12, 14 hour days, just because that's the entrepreneurial life, it's not right. And I feel that we should minimize that stigma as much as we can. Absolutely. Yay. Right. <laughs> so what does a typical day in your life look like? So I wake up. So now we just, this week, <laughs> this week, we decided to go to the gym at seven. So the gyms in Miami opened, um, very little amounts of people in there. You have to wear your mask. You have to wash your hands, social distancing, wipe everything down. So my husband and I just started going to the gym yesterday at 7am. Okay. He does his thing. I'll do mine. And then I do Pilates at nine. I work a little bit when I get back. I do Pilates at nine. And then I pretty much, I mean, we had all three kids home. My son lives in Berlin. Uh, Bianca was in New York City. Uh, our, our little one is here. So we had them all home for three months during the beginning of the pandemic. And um, that was, my work schedule was a little bit wonky because I'd work at night so I could hang out with them for lunch. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So now it's gotten a little bit more back to a norm. And uh, I have the ability to take my daughter to rowing practice. I have time to, you know, maybe take a walk around the block with my husband in the afternoon. So it's definitely more normal, but I generally will work until about six o'clock and then I kind of start tinkering away and then I'll work a little bit at night, catch up with some emails. So I, I have found a great rhythm and rhyme and vibe of how to work during this time. 
it was definitely challenging before because before it was easy, right? I drop them off at school, I'd work until pickup time, and then I'd work a little bit. But now with all these moving parts, it was challenging. But um, that's pretty much my day. I just like I, I work a lot, as you know. I don't work on Fridays, and then Thursday afternoon around three o'clock, I kind of just start wrapping things up. Nice. And how old are your kids in age, and how far apart? So Christoph is 26, Bianca is 20, she'll be 21 in November, and then Margot is 14. Oh, okay, wow. Wow, wow. Six um, years apart. Do you have any uh, pets? I do. We have this little, and I'm surprised he's not on my lap. He's usually on my lap during these things. Um, <laughs> we have a 14-year-old, very elderly Shih Tzu, and oh. his name is Cosmo. He's the cutest thing. He's blind, and we think we think he's deaf unless you use a very high-pitched sound like a voice um but he's like adorable but he usually yeah usually he's on my lap when I'm doing these things he just loves to not that he can see you but he just loves to I don't know feel like he's being seen I guess gotcha gotcha so just a couple I guess fun questions to wrap this up what is one of your favorite self-help books and then what is one of your more entrepreneurial business advice book I guess you would share okay I love um Marianne Williamson's Return to Love uh, a woman's worth. I still go back to her books. That was life-changing for me. Life-changing. I know it's old school, but her books were amazing. Um, and then for business, I love the e-series. I mean, that's also probably a little old school. I love, um, e-myth. I think Stephen Covey, that was a big one. Um, those are like my favorite business ones for sure. Nice. Nice. And I guess the last question I usually end off most podcasts with is, are you happy with the direction of life you've taken now, the way the business is going, et cetera? Super happy. Super Good. Happy. That's yeah. so glad Thank to hear. That's, so That's glad a great to question to end it on. Yeah. I feel a lot of people, you know, not a lot, but some people give very surface level answers. Like, yeah, of course I'm happy. Like I'm doing what I love or I'm, I just got out of my nine to five and now doing what I love. But I've had a couple be like, you know, I am, but there's still so much more I see within myself and I'm just like ready to like kickstart and drive. Yeah. So it's, it's always good to hear Love like it. where people are looking to go going forward. Is there anything you yeah. would like to add to this episode? Any um, advice you'd like to give anyone who maybe was in your position once? I think the best advice I can give is that you really, and someone told me this and I didn't believe them. So I'm telling this to everyone who's watching, but really you have everything it takes to get to where you want to go. And I remember people telling me that when I was at the lowest point of my life. And the reality is that it does come from within you because you have the ability to then find those resources, find that support system, get yourself out of wherever you are. And you really do have the power to create and design your own life. I am a, a walking image of that. I mean, it's, you can, and you can do it over and over again. So if this time has been really rough, you know, just get yourself back into the game, clean up, brush off your knees, get back in. And you really do. You have it all within yourself and that you deserve to live life abundantly. You know, I think a lot of times we're like, oh, we, I deserve this life. I deserve to have like, you know, be in the stress. But um, it's really not true. We're all desti destined to, um, to do great things. Awesome advice. Thank you for giving that. Did you want to link your social media? And I will also make sure I link it down below as well. Yeah, just at Violet Dayala on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Fem City is everywhere as well. So either which way and anything I can do to help, let me know. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. It definitely means a lot. And I'm sure we have many women who are listening who have taken a lot away from what you've talked about. Thank you.
Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you were all able to take something away from Violet's journey. Don't forget to check her out on all our social media platforms, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.